Welcome back to J. Tom Lollerink here at Merrimack Calls. The score at the end of one is Merrimack nothing and UNH nothing. I'm Mike Macknick alongside John Leahy. And uh, tonight's first intermission is brought to you by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. Located just down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street. They also have locations in Reading and in Salem, New Hampshire. Very pleased to be joined here. Alan Lessels from UNH Insider and a uh, long-time sports writer in New Hampshire. And uh, first of all, Alan, UNH Insider, uh, how can the folks check out the, the great work that you're doing there? Well, we, we do a lot of stuff on the, on the website at unhwildcats.com. You know, I'm on Twitter at, at UNH Insider. And, you know, we're writing feature stories, kind of doing things that newspaper people do that I did for a long time in newspapers and kind of carried that over and, and doing it for UNH. So it's, it's been a lot of fun for me. Yeah. How long has that been going on now? Uh, it's the sixth year, actually. Wow. Yeah, it seems seems yeah. like the other day, you know, I left newspapers and started this. So it's, uh, like I say, it's been fun and get a chance to do a lot of the same stuff, a lot of feature stories, hopefully, and, you know, and game stories and get to see games, which is what we're all in this for, right? Yeah. Before we talk about this, game and about UNH. I wanted to ask you uh, thoughts. Uh, uh, Manchester, New Hampshire lost the Monarchs. Uh, don't, don't have a team right now playing in that 10,000 seat rank, the, uh, the SNU Arena. Hearing anything about anything that m- might be going on there at all? Yeah, it's been pretty quiet, you know, being the first year out. You know, I, I haven't heard a lot, and I'm not around Manchester a lot, but, you know, it's unfortunate. You look at a place like Portland that lost its team for had a team out for a couple of years, and, you know, they came back this yeah. year, you know, really kind of drawn on the history with the, the Mana or the, uh, what they call them, Myers, yeah. well, they, they call them the Mariners, right, of Maine and oh, that stuff. Yeah. So they, they, they're drawing on some of that old history that, you know, was a lot of fun back when the Flyers were involved, and you know, I know they're doing some events like that. So hopefully, you know, it's an ECHL team, and you know that whole, you know, Manchester first went to the ECHL, and you lose some of your old-time rivals because you know half the teams or some of the teams are in the AHL, some of them the ECHL, and you know it's too bad. You know, for those of us who, who really enjoyed some of those years and stuff, it's you know hopefully it all gets sorted out, and you know there's a team back there before too long. UNH hosts uh, uh, NCAA regional there. I think it's been every other year for quite uh, quite, quite some time, and they used to play a game there as well. Uh, one game a year uh, any word if that might happen again yeah I think that can happen that's you know this year they're not you know yeah. and, and last year I don't think they did they, the regionals were there last spring and or last you know into last winter you know, which was fun and that's always right. fun and they'll be back there again in two years you know that's been announced you know as far as playing their regular season game I mean I think UNH will be back there eventually they, they do not this year so yeah it's a, you know you miss it you know it's a fun when that when yeah. that place is full and oh, yeah. you know it's a nice arena to begin with and you know when it can be full of college hockey fans it's, it's a lot of fun. Unusual situation last night with the game having to be called off, uh, delayed for an hour first of all, and then they decided that they couldn't play with the uh, the condition of the ice and the mechanical uh, issues that, that happened. Uh, uh, what are you hearing as far as what took place there? And, and I know that there's uh, things in the works to, uh, to try to upgrade uh, the, those systems, the compressor and so on at, at UNH. Possibly also, I was hearing that they, they might change the size of the ice surface. A- a- anything that you can tell us there? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it, no, if anything is, is set in stone or set nice and stuff, but but there is talk about it, like you said, and, you know, this, it's been a couple issues now with the, the ice system, and, and which has been in there for a while, and, you know, the idea is to hopefully get that improved, and, and at the same time, like you said, for years now, there's been some discussion about changing the configuration a little bit, maybe making the, the ice a little more NHL size as opposed to Olympic size. You know, that, that's a pretty good, good expenditure to do some of that stuff, and especially the ice thing, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but to me, it's like, you know, when you have to buy a washing machine 
or a boiler or something, you know, spending a lot of money. And it's, it's not that, for lack of a better word, it's not that sexy of an investment, you know, because, you know, it's not like bright and shiny. It's not like putting in a video board, you know. It's it's a necessity, but, but you know, to, I, I don't like doing it out of my pocket. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not that fun. It seems like if they are going to change the ice, and for those who don't know, UNH is, is now one of the few rinks in Division One that's full Olympic size, 200 by 100. It was it was built back at the time in the the uh, early to mid 1990s when that was the that that was the direction things were going. But uh, it, it, it seems like if, if they're going to change the size of the ice surface, that's the time, right? When when they have to do the other work as well. Yeah, if you can. But again, I think again, think part of it's a little more involved because it's it's not as easy as it seems. You know, it seems like you know, just to be able to just change it and it's not that big a deal. But I think then you get into sight lines and you know the configuration of the stands and stuff like that. So it's more involved. So I think that's probably why it hasn't happened yet. But you're right. Ideally, you know, when when it does come, you know, and hopefully before next season, even, you know, that, that some more changes can be made as well. Thoughts on the first period here? Each team with some power play opportunity. UNH had uh, most of a five-minute major before it got negated with an interference penalty. Uh, uh, you, Merrimack comes away with a 16 to seven edge in shots. Uh, what, what are your takeaways from the first? Well, certainly Merrimack has had the edge in play. You know, it's getting some good chances. Mike Robinson played well in goal for UNH. And, and you know that early penalty was an unfortunate, you know, a major penalty, unfortunate on Merrimack's part. You know, an opportunity for UNH, and, and you know they weren't able to do much with it. You know, and then you look at the score, you look at the stats, and it's you know Merrimack still managed to shoot UNH 16-7, being down for that major penalty. You know, the, the Warriors had a power play afterwards, but you know they, they're playing pretty well, Merrimack at least at this point. So, but we got through the first tide, and it's kind of part for the course, isn't it? When these teams have been getting together lately, you know. Overtime games, a couple of the last times, a couple of the last three, I think they played. So, who knows? It could be in for a long evening. You know, you look at where these two teams are in the standings. Both trying to move up. UNH just a game under 500. You know, a couple of wins would help them a lot. Merrimack similar and trying to get back to 500 this weekend. But you know, both these teams, I think, once they've gotten into conference play, the defensive play has been there, right? I mean, the defense has played well. The goaltenders have played well. Scoring has been the problem, and so we wondered coming off of last weekend uh, for, for UNH had they put together some line combinations that uh, were going to produce, right? With Liam Blackburn seeming to get jump started, um, and, and then on the Merrimack side with Chase Greesock having the hat trick last Saturday. So, uh, does that first period do anything to kind of set either team back in that regard, or is it too soon to tell? I mean, yeah, I think it's pretty early. You know, it's it's 20 minutes, and they're a good chance. Like I said, Merrimack especially had good chances. I mean, you looked at you know a couple of saves that. Robinson made so yeah I mean UNH and Merrimack both you know obviously they've had UNH the last couple of years at least you know has had trouble scoring goals at times and you know so they haven't gotten over that hump you know they got the three last week after they got shut out the first night by Northeastern you know, very good team three over in uh, Northern Ireland so they got three and like you said you know Elian Blackburn who had you know was a pretty good goal scorer last year got a couple and you you know hope that jump starts him like you mentioned and Angus Krukshank has been pretty good the sophomore and has seven goals, but you know, you didn't again. UNH didn't generate a whole lot in the first period, but yeah, you keep waiting for it. You know, and UNH has got during the season they've got some offense out of the defensemen, you know, but they're um, still looking to get that consistent scoring. Well, before we let you go, Alan, we mentioned you, know, you cover all UNH sports. Next season, it's not just going to be on the ice; it'll also be on the gridiron as Merrimack football will head to UNH for UNH's homecoming game. I think it's going to be the first time that Merrimack and UNH have ever played. Of course, Merrimack moved up to Division. One this season and is now a Division One FCS school.
schedule. Uh, what can folks expect? The Merrimack fans expect from uh, you know seeing UNH and maybe traveling to uh, UNH to see that game. Well, that's that's a neat thing for Merrimack fans. It's not very far. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not, certainly not very far up the road. And you know, there've been changes at UNH. This stadium, Wildcat Stadium, the football stadium is nice. And of course, Merrimack is still run by Dan Curran, right? He's a you know UNH grad who is a you know a lot of people still remember Dan Curran and the, the hard working player he was as a running back and you know what a neat neat career he had and he's had a great great success at Merrimack and I know earlier this year I was going through Merrimack's roster a couple times and oh, looking at what they were doing and going through the roster they played some good games you look at their roster they have a lot of young players on that roster so and, and, and as you've seen certainly with men's basketball and women's basketball Merrimack has quickly made a jump into Division One, and so I, th- I think they're going to be a team to contend with right out of the, off the gate well that should be fun UNH football uh, r- routinely one of the top clubs in the CAA so it should be a fun game to see next year Alan thanks for joining us we certainly appreciate it UNH Insider folks check out his work UNHWildcats.com thanks again Alan thank you very much guys appreciate it Alan Lessel our guest here in the first intermission with our score Merrimack nothing UNH nothing we'll be back with more right after this this is Warrior Hockey